I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Alexander Chester, and I apologize for my appearance, but I've been scrounging around looking for asses. And I'm Av Sedensky, and I'd know that tush anywhere. <laughs> Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 2, Episode 2, Thor, which originally aired on September 30th, 2001. And I got to say, I'm very excited to discuss this episode today. Yeah, this is a really good one. I, I remembered being high on it coming in. I haven't seen it in years, but just I, rem- I remember the wrestler character and like the basic thing of like what kind of what goes on in the back and forth with Larry. Um, but it was definitely one that I remembered fondly, and I was very excited and found it very enjoyable to revisit. Yep. All right, so let's jump right in. Yep. So we are with Larry and Jeff in his hotel, and Jeff tells Larry that he, he decided to leave Susie the previous night, and his main concern right now is not like what's going to happen with his marriage, what's going to happen with his children. His main concern is that he, he, doesn't, he doesn't think he should get divorced because then Susie will expose all of his like dark, secret, sexual fetishes to the world. No. And he doesn't want people out there like knowing like what sort of like depraved stuff Jeff is into. Yeah. Um, Larry is like at the same time like a little bit like surprised to hear this from his friend, but also becomes very indignant that and accuses Susie of engaging in sexual blackmail. And Larry says like he's been very strategic about like never doing anything kinky and honestly never even like telling anyone anything and not trusting anyone at all because like he doesn't want anyone to ever be able to like use anything against him or you know blackmail him in any way that like the worst thing that Cheryl will be able to say about him is that he hates some people and uh, honestly who doesn't know that Larry David hates some people. Yeah, and I gotta say, uh, watch ten seasons of the show. There's a lot worse than that. But yeah, the idea of depriving yourself of enjoyable and unique sexual experiences for your entire life just so no one can blab about them—that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, counterpoint, just like be into regular stuff. Well, well, who cares what you're into? Yeah, no, no I'm, I don't care. Yeah, uh, okay. Uh, by the no, way, but I then you open, like... but then you open yourself up to you know people having opinions about you, which you know, yeah. I don't care. yeah. Whatever. Um, I I actually I thought it was funny. So when Larry first sits down, uh, a little wait- a waitress comes up to them and says, like, offers ask Larry if he wants anything, and he says coffee, and then she walks away, and then Jeff and Larry sort of make fun of the way she said that. Like they say, "Can I get you some coffee? Would you love that?" And they're sort of making fun of her, and I just really like that because it seems pretty clear to me that that was Jeff. Uh, like Jeff Garland and Larry David actually making fun of that extra's performance. <laughs> Probably, and then, yes. And then they just left it in. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, by the way, watching the scene, I just, it stri- and I, we've discussed this before, but it strikes me how like Larry looks exactly the same 19 years later. It's incredible. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Uh, Jeff does not. He's the guy from Lost, Richard, uh, I remember his last name, but uh, yeah. you know, the guy pa- from Paul the- Rudd. No. Oh, yes. Paul Rudd has that condition yeah. as well. Um, a, uh, a high school classmate of ours named Yoni Ozabel also. I see pictures of him on Facebook from the same yeah. time. I'm like, you look the same as he did in high school. No, in, to be fair, in high school, he looked like he was 40. Yeah, but, no, right. He's, he doesn't look good now. He looked 
dad then. Not bad, but you know, just old. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he had like a very like mature face at, in high school already. Yes. Um, but Yoni's a very good guy. Ho, if yeah. you're listening, we like you. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, Jeff asks Larry if he could do him a favor. He wants Larry to, you know, he doesn't want to deal with Susie again. So like, can you go over to my house and like get the stuff for my stuff for me, my clothes, whatever, you know, Susie's going to put together for me and bring it back. And Jeff says something to the extent of like, I'll owe you one. And Larry says, nah, don't worry. You don't have to owe me one. Uh, we'll, we'll refer to this as Chekhov's owe you one. Yes. <laughs> So uh, we come back to uh, Larry and Cheryl at home, and Cheryl is reading an article in some magazine that talks about how AAA doesn't really care about the environment. They're just like trying for there to be more roads and more cars, and which will all lead to more money for them. And Cheryl is outraged by this. Um, Larry doesn't seem to think to really care. He's kind of just staring off into space. Um, so Cheryl asks him if he is thinking about sex, perhaps, if that's what's on his mind. Um, Larry will now, throughout this entire episode, get very defensive when anyone says anything relating to sex. Um, and he says, why, you know, why, what, do you, what do you mean? I'm not thinking about sex. And she says, yeah, you are. Maybe you're thinking about having a little afternoon sex. That would be a little kinky, wouldn't it be? And of course, this uh, Larry is very triggered now by the word kinky because, uh, you know, now he doesn't want that. Cheryl's going to go around telling people about Larry's kinky afternoon sex life. Um and, you know, it kind of like it, it kind of fizzles out from there. But Larry already is like very thrown off by this. Yeah, You know, a, a couple questions here. First of all, does it seem to you that or maybe it's just me? I don't know. Like on the show, they sort of make Cheryl's environmental activism seem like a little dilettante-ish. Right, that she's like it doesn't she's not really like invested, just kind of like. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I can't imagine that the real life Lori David loved the portrayal. Yeah, she does come off like a little simplistic and just kind of like doing it to, as like virtue signaling more than being heavily invested in the issues. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, it's it's hard to convey that character well when like the, the main figure she's there for is comic relief, like bouncing off Larry. Yeah. So like her career just like doesn't really get explored that much. So like you just see very surface level exposure to it. Yeah, and I actually I do want to talk about um, her career and her backstory a little more as we get into this episode, but okay, we'll great. get there. All right, happy to hear. Um, so Larry says, oh, I have to call Jason about the show. Uh, he just has a little back and forth with Cheryl. Says, you know, Jason's really been saying that he really likes the show a lot. Um, so, you know, him and Cheryl both are seem excited about that. So he calls he calls up Jason. You know, the, their conversation is something about, you know, we want to have a meeting. Um, Larry says, you know, oh, you know, we could do it in my house. We could do it in my office. Jason says, no, nah, let's do it in my office. Um, and they, you know, he agrees and they hang up and then Larry is, uh, he's tells Cheryl that like, you know, he's upset that he feels like nobody ever comes to see him. It's always me going to their office or the house. There's never, I've, you know, I've been in this business for how many years and I've never had a meeting in my house. I've never had a meeting in my office. I have all these chairs that nobody ever sits in. Yes. He doesn't even need the chairs. He doesn't even need them. Um, yeah. so I mean, this seems possible to an extent because it's like, to the extent he's meeting with like executives or like somebody like at a network like of course you're always going to be going to them like they're not going to generally come to your house like they're the ones with like the big fancy offices yeah but like jeff should be going to his office you would think jeff would be i mean i guess it goes back you know people come to lawyers offices you often you go to like the professional like i don't know i guess it's it's it doesn't it doesn't make sense that like in many years like, like really no one would ever be coming to him like there's many meetings that he's having i'm sure where he's like the dominant 
player yeah. in the relationship because he's the creator of Seinfeld and yeah. they could be like some writer. <laughs> yeah. You know, just some random guy. Um, yeah. But although maybe Larry just doesn't, you know, those are beneath his time, so he doesn't even take those meetings. Yeah, I'm questioning the candor and the accuracy of Larry's. Yeah, here. but all right. Anyway, so uh, we see Larry driving. He's uh, driving still uh, nearby his house. He sees Wanda Sykes on the street for yeah. the first but, time. Like, can I? Uh, I need to say something else. Call Cheryl out here. So yeah, Cheryl sorry. calls afternoon sex quote kind of kinky, <laughs> and then she says, "For you to want to have sex in the afternoon is kind of crazy. Like, how sad is their life, love life that sex in the afternoon is quote crazy." And also, by the way, like they just had vehicular fellatio. So, like, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot more crazy or interesting than afternoon sex, I would argue. Yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, having sex in the afternoon is maybe not the norm for most people, but it's not like kinky. Like, um, yeah, people who don't really have standard employment, it doesn't. Do, I don't <laughs> right, know. like you're right. They're, they probably spend many days like at yeah. a beach club or you know going to the going to a pool, and then you know they're home alone in the house. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they have had sex in the afternoon at some point in their yeah. marriage. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not impressed with their love life based on uh, this conversation and this whole episode. Although, Although I think again, they're, it, yeah, they're in general they're in general shown to have, I think, a pretty robust sex life. Yeah, especially for a man of his age. Yes, for sure. <laughs> we should all be so lucky. All right. Um, yeah. So as you said, Larry's driving, and he's, so he's, he's driving. He recognizes the touch. He yeah, he's, uh, he yells out his window to to Wanda, who makes her first appearance on the show. Hey, I know that tush anywhere. And then just keeps on driving. She looks a little uh, confused, upset, but uh, end of the scene for there. Uh, He continues to drive, and in front of him is driving an old school, I think the last time I've ever seen one of these was like in the 90s, uh, one of these station wagons. And there are three kids sitting in what was known in my day as the backity back. Is that what they refer to it in Minnesota as well? No. No. Okay. So in in uh, in the tri-state area, or at least in New Jersey, this was known as the backity back, and uh, this was the main place that you wanted to sit when you were at a certain age because you got first exactly what happens here. Like you got to interact with other people on the road. It was very exciting. Yeah. Uh, but I have a couple issues here. First of oh, all, there's a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah. The station wagons, like we had a station wagon with the back seats. There were two seats, not three. Yeah, okay. Plus, fine. that back window didn't open. Like, these kids are just leaning out the window like that. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it's a, quite unsafe. Well, um, And also, by the way, later in the hotel when Larry sees the kids again, there's only two of them. So what happens to the other one? Maybe he fell out the window. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That could be. You say, all right, so you see you solved all the problems. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think in general these, these cars don't really exist anymore. And certainly you don't just, like, have children sitting back there at all because it would be very dangerous. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think maybe we'll get into a little bit later about whether uh, the person driving this car would be the type of person who would be driving this kind of car. Well, that's the other whole issue I have. Like, So Thor is allegedly, we'll discover later, in town because there's a wrestling thing going on at the Staples Center. Right, so why does yeah. he have his own car? Yeah, he has his own car. Um, so at first I was going to say well, it's like – he's staying in a hotel, but his kids are there. Like his, yeah, None it, of that makes sense. Yeah, well, maybe he's from San Diego. Okay, so he drove up. But, yeah, he drove know, up, and he's gonna be like, "Why well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna brought his kids? Yeah, I'm gonna rent the car, right?" Because my, my when I thought that he's from out of town, I would be like, "It's like it's one thing for Thor to be just driving around in a station wagon, like maybe his his wife's car or whatever. It's quite another thing for the wrestler Thor to rent a station wagon when he goes to like the car rental place in in L.A. So it has to be his yeah. own car, but because it has his license plate on it. Also, there's no rental car uh, even in 2001 where you can get a station wagon with wood paneling. Yeah, right. No, but we know it's his car because it's it has yeah. his plates, yeah. Uh, but yes, I mean, it's it's surprising that a man like this would be driving a car like that, but 
I digress. So uh, Larry is, you know, he's uh, playing with them, playing certain games with them. He starts playing uh, what he'll later refer to as cops and rob- robbers. They're both, you know, kind of shooting at each other and ducking. Um, all of a sudden, the car in front of him, the station wagon, stops short. Um, a door opens and a very large, scary looking man comes out. Larry tries to roll down the windows as, as if this is going to stop the very strong, large, scary man from kicking the crap out of him. And we, we meet the man named Thor who starts uh, yelling in his wrestling voice. He calls he refers to Larry as a jabroni. He uh, he asks Larry. If, if, great wrestling word. Yes, yes. Jabroni's a great wrestling word. He asks Larry if he has heard of Columbine. You know, obviously, you know, a reference to the fact that Larry is, pre- yes. you know, playing gunfighting with his children. And he informs Larry that if you ever point another finger at my kids again, I will break it off and shove it up your sphincter. At which point he travels behind the car, kind of hangs out there for three or five seconds, and then walks off back to his car and drives away. Yeah. Um, the kids here, I just don't understand, like, they initiate this whole thing. They're playing with him, and then they just decide to, like, sick their dad on him for no reason. Like, I don't understand. They weren't actually scared. Um, yeah. The, I don't understand their motivation. The, the behavior, they, well, they just want to be, they just want to basically show off, well, we have our dad who can do this to you. Yeah, or, you know, they're just, like, asshole kids who, like, decide on yeah. a whim to, like, you know, the, yeah, the they thing, are assholes. the thing, uh, the thing Spoiler that I, Spoiler yeah. alert for the end of this episode. Yeah, no, my, uh, my daughter this week insisted that when I gave her PJ Masks toothbrush that she no longer likes PJ Masks and I have to get her a new, I'm like, but you watched eight hours of it today. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't like it anymore. So... That did go well, but you know yeah. these you know kids can be assholes. Um, okay, so, yeah, so after the last several weeks, I'm I'm quite aware. Of that. Yeah, so so I say in this exchange, like I think you could place some very like minimum minimal fault on Larry. That like, all right, you probably should not have like gotten into like an exchange with random kids where like you're shooting at them. Like yeah. I could see that like bothering a parent, but the point where he gets out of the car is like already crazy. Like, this is yeah. not the type of thing you need to, like, go confront the stranger for. And start, then when he starts yelling at him, it's really crazy. Um, slashing his tires I think Larry's is, move when the dad comes, I don't think you apologize. I think you just deny the whole thing. Like, what? I did what to your kids? Right, no, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even wreck your kids. Your kids are just liars. Just say that. Yeah. Um, unless he saw them. Maybe, maybe, well, maybe he, maybe he saw the rearview mirror. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe the kids didn't even rat him out. Maybe he just saw no. it. Maybe all of a sudden he looked his rearview mirror. He they sees were sort of lean, they were leaning out the window, so there would have been it would have been very difficult for him to see. Anything. I guess, but, but like I would. But that's a good theory. That's my theory that he was looking in the rearview mirror, and all of a sudden he sees a guy like pretending to shoot at his kids, and he's like, "What the hell is like?" He didn't yeah. even necessarily know that there was a game going. I don't. On. I don't know the physics of if he could have seen it from the angle, but we'll yeah. get into the physics of angles of cars later on in this episode. But yeah, but that's a valid point. All right, fine. So I think we're going to put that as our working theory to make you know we're going to try to yeah. prop up this episode like as it. much as we can. Um, so Larry is driving along. He hears some rattling. He eventually pulls over, realizes he has a flat. So he calls AAA and is very distraught to learn that his membership has been canceled. So he pulls over to the side of the road and is, starts pulling out all the uh, equipment and the spare tire to uh, to try to change the tire. 
Um, he starts getting uh, unsolicited advice from several people as they pass by, telling him, you know, you're putting that in the wrong place. You should really be doing it that way. This should go, you know, in the back. This should go in the front, yada, yada, yada. Um, and Larry is just like totally overwhelmed. He can't do this. He starts asking people, does anyone want to help a semi-retarded man change a tire? Nobody seems interested in helping. Uh, he starts offering money to people. He says $35 to change a tire. No one responds. He says, I'll even give you $10 just for a verbal response, but still to no avail. Um, I guess eventually uh, it works out with the tire though. Yeah, by the way, it's his inability to get anyone to respond. It's, it's funny. It's similar to the reaction in the doctor's waiting room last season. Right. But the weird thing is, at first, every single person walking by is giving him a verbal response. In fact, unsolicited advice they're giving him. Right. Yeah. yeah the whole physical comedy of him struggling is great. Yes. Um, you know, I've actually had to change a lot of tires in my life, and it's, it's one of those skills that as you're doing it, you're feeling uh, very manly and impressive. It's really not that impressive, but, you know, Larry makes it seem impossible in, in a very comedic way. Yeah. Um, I have never, like, changed a tire for real. Like, I learned how to do it. I but you've s- done it for pretend. I've done it to like to be taught how to do it. Oh, okay. Meaning, like, I was shown, how, you know, I practiced it a few times to like learn how to do it. Like when I started driving, um, and then I've been in situations where obviously I've had flat tires and the like. But I've always put myself changing the tire as like the last resort here. Like I don't trust myself to do it well. So like I'd rather you know go to a station or get call AAA or something rather than do it myself. So yeah. I hope to continue my streak of never having to do it for real. <laughs> it's a good streak you're on Yeah it's not, it's not something that I feel great About having to do Yeah So yeah So so Larry finally Finally gets to uh, Jason's office right? Yeah So he gets to his office And he you know he's, you, you, We see he's like Winding down the story Of like recounting to him Everything that just had happened um, And you know Basically says So you know The bottom line is I have to go meet the guy Downstairs to give me my car back And then I'm gonna have to Head home So like sorry That this was kind of A waste of your time Um Larry mentions, uh, you know, he talks about the license plate and, like, you know, it's the whole story. And Jason, you know, has this realization all of a sudden, oh, you know, that actually reminds me of, you know, I just saw in the paper there's this wrestling event, there's this wrestler, a pro wrestler named this guy Thor, and I bet that's probably him. Um, Larry happens to uh, to look down on a uh, a picture on the desk and he sees a picture of Jason. He's like, what is that? And Jason explains, that, you know, I must have gone through a red light. They took my picture. They're doing this now. They send you a ticket in the mail. Larry is very incensed. He says, you know, it's one thing if they catch you in the act, but like they shouldn't be able to take your picture. Like that shouldn't count. Um, I don't really know what the difference is, but whatever. I've heard people make this same argument. I don't really get it. Uh, yeah. who, who cares if a person catches you or if a camera catches you? If you're guilty, you're guilty. Um, anyway... Um, Jason looks at the picture. He laments, Jesus, I'm fat. Larry agrees that he's definitely put on a few pounds. So uh, they, you know, they say, okay, so I guess we'll, we'll meet tomorrow. Uh, you know, Jason says, okay, so I guess you'll come back here. And Larry says, you know what? My, uh, why don't you come over to my uh, office in Santa Monica and let's meet there since I came out here today. Um, so they then get into what I think is probably my favorite part of the episode. Um, this is yeah. I th- this is like one I think about a lot. Like this this argument because it's just like so classic between like two people like just like people who just like can't give up the power in a relationship. So basically, Jason's like argument here is like, well, like we were supposed to have the meeting 
which was supposed to occur today at my office, and like it got postponed. So this is just like an adjournment of that meeting, and therefore should reoccur in the same place where it was originally supposed to occur. Whereas Larry's like, no, like we had today's meeting. Like it turns out that like our meeting today didn't amount to much. We attempted to have a meeting, but yeah. you know we're having another meeting tomorrow, and like. The, that the meal, this the, is the meal right the location for that meeting yeah. is you know to be determined and you know yeah. it could be at my office just as much as yours um then you know and larry i think very rightly points out that it's like the main reason why it matters where we meet is because like one person has to drive a lot and has to drive both ways and like i did that today so why can't you do that tomorrow and Jason's like, well, while you were driving, I was waiting, which is, again, is bullshit because, like, you were doing other work or watching TV or whatever. Who cares? Like, taking a nap. Like, while well, I was, like, sitting in L.A. traffic. Like, yeah. How not the- even trying to change a tire, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Like, the best case scenario is you're just sitting in L.A. traffic. Um and as Rally points out, it's like, you know what? How about you drive and I'll wait, you know, make me wait as long as you want. So, like, waiting is not a big deal. Yeah. Um, so I-, I like that you said it's your favorite part of the episode because in my notes I wrote – that this scene was my favorite moment of the series so far. Yeah, I, I was. It was gold. Yeah, I, it's it's really up there. I was I was like almost saying that. Yeah, I wasn't sure, but like it's it's really up there, and I, and it's like a really memorable one for me. Like it's one of that I like when I think about Curb, like this exchange between him and Jason Alexander is like one of the things I remember from like early Curb, like when it was really good. Yeah, um, it's all it's. it's, it's it, the whole the yelling it just it's great it's amazing yeah the way they escalate they're both I mean jo- uh, Jason is completely full of shit in this argument I'm like completely yeah. on Team Larry here but he's still just like he expresses his bullshit arguments in very convincing ways like it's it's like yeah. this is like mano imano between the two biggest bullshit artists in the world yes <laughs> one of them naturally and the other one just training from different for nine years <laughs> correct yes. Um, He's like, yeah, it ends with like, now he's like, we're having that meeting right now. And Jason is like, no, this is not the meeting about the show. This is about a meeting about scheduling a meeting. So it doesn't count. So it's all, yeah, it's all, it's all really great stuff. Um, it reminds me a little bit of the, um, a couple seasons ago with uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, where they argue about like being in the higher seat. Yes, yes. It's like, that was a mostly forgettable season, but yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's a similar, yeah, similar, just like power play over like nonsense. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so Larry gets back home. He's very angrily at Cheryl to, you know, he learned that she canceled the AAA. But of course, he couldn't tell her about it until the end of the day when he got home. Because he doesn't, right, because he doesn't have a phone. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Because it wasn't convenient for him to have a phone to this storyline. What do you want? Yeah. Um,. Cheryl is like, what do you mean? After that article, how could I not have canceled AAA? Like, yeah. why, why are you surprised to learn that we no longer have AAA? And how, what is the way in which you could have possibly learned this that you are now angry at me about? By the way, is this a real thing? Was AAA not liked by environmentalists? I have no idea. I, I, I didn't yeah. think to look that up. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I have no idea. Why would they be? Like, they seem like a very, very lovely organization that just helps people with flat tires and like provides maps and information to travelers. I don't know. Why, <laughs> why would they be bad? I was in the in the pocket of a big big A. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to be educated and find out that they're they're horrible, but they seem yeah. they seem like a very helpful not for profit. Are they not for profit or are they for profit? I think they're not for profit. Well, I mean, Cheryl's accusing them of being for profit. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. All right, we'll have to look. You know what? By the auto industry, we'll have you know, we'll have to we'll do a, we'll do a follow up next week. We'll do a whole ex- expose <laughs> on AAA, a bonus episode maybe. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Larry's like, you know, I had to change a tire, yada yada, because because of you, he's very upset. Like, look, I'm like, you know, I'm all dirty and tired, and you know, I look terrible because uh, I didn't have AAA. Anyway, Cheryl obviously wants to move on to a much more important subject than her husband being stranded in the middle of nowhere because she canceled uh, AAA over her petty political beliefs. Um, 
wants to move on to the fact that why she told why he told Wanda that she has a big ass. Larry clarifies, I didn't say that she has a big ass. Just, I just said that I know that tush anywhere. And anyway, I was just trying to be friendly. So this is yeah. uh, this is now, very way, similar. I, I will say, like, obviously not a good thing for Larry to say. No. But it is a little bit of an assumption by Cheryl and by Wanda that the in- implication was that the ass was big. He just said the ass was no, was recognizable, was unique. I guess, but, like, recognizable for an ass, normally would have to be big for you to recognize it. Like, if it's just, like, a, an average or below average ass, it's, like, not going to be... I would think as just like, oh, I see that ass and like I recognize I it. I mean, look, cl- clearly it's not the best. Th- it's not the most appropriate comment to me. <laughs> no, it's not the most. I don't like, yes. I, like for example, Go up to one of your wife's friends. For example, hi, her, Wanda. Hey, how are you? Would would be yeah. is one example of something that would I mean, be more appropriate. Totally, if, you, if you have that kind of a relation, it's C- the kind of thing correct. that's either definitely OK to say or definitely not. Okay yeah, to say. no, there's very little gray area. But you would think that Wanda Sykes would be the type of person you could say that to from what you know about her from later in the show. Like, I think yeah, she would well, take that as a compliment. Her Wanda Sykes on this show is interesting because, you know, when we'll, we'll meet her soon, she's engaged to a man who uh, uh, loves um, a certain uh, sexual act. <laughs> yes. Um, although I think, to be fair, that was before she came. I think she came out in real life in 2008, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I don't know. And so, yeah, because I'm just because I, I remember wondering at some point, hey, but wasn't she straight on curb in the beginning? But yeah, but I think I because I think I've heard on interviews with her. I think she came out around the time Obama was elected, but I could be wrong. Oh, how convenient. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know. All right. So. so they're continuing their conversation, and Larry says, I don't even understand what she's so upset about. It's a compliment. I like big asses. So now, you know, Cheryl's surprised. Like, you like big asses? And then you're saying it is a big ass? Like, before you were saying it's not necessarily a big ass. Um, Larry says he doesn't mind a big ass. It doesn't necessarily have to be big. But, you know, he likes a big ass, too. Um, Cheryl's now like, oh, so you're you're an ass man. You're very into asses. How big do you like them? More Seinfeld references also, of course. Uh, Larry says he likes them just the regular amount. I like them the (laughs) amount that yours is, okay? And Cheryl's like, oh, because I have a big ass, and that's why you like it, because that's how you like big asses. And Larry says... By the way, this scene, a close second to uh, Larry's fight with Jason. Yeah, this is very good, too. Um, Except this is really mostly Cheryl just, like, like, being difficult. Busting his balls. Yeah, on purpose, yeah. But you had conversations like this with your wife before. Yeah, but I, uh, I hopefully get... you didn't do something stupid like you know comment on one of her friends' asses. But <laughs> yes, um, he says uh, he's like, no, your ass is not really that big. It's a good size. This girl's like, no, but you said I love big asses and I like yours, so that means mine is big. Yeah. No, he's like, he's back to I. I don't necessarily like them. I just don't mind them, and I like yours. And then Cheryl takes it again, takes it to the place where Larry is going to start getting very defensive. That yes. you know, there's just a lot of things I don't know about you. There's a lot that's uncovered. Um, I didn't know that you had this ass fetish. Yeah. Larry says, "I don't." Know. Cheryl really escalates things. Yeah, so that's why I think she's busting his balls. Yeah. Um, so you think she's sort of like tongue in cheek? She's not really upset. I think she's a little upset that, she, that he said something rude to his yeah. friend, but then I think she, she's like knowingly giving him a hard time and like yeah. pushing mean, his buttons really on something. Is a huge stretch to go from commenting on one person's ass once to you suddenly have an ass fetish. Yeah. So the the use of the word fetish here is something that I find interesting. This is like yes. something I've that I've discussed a lot. That looks like when I think of fetish, like it needs to be something that like I think is weird. Well, but I think that's part of the sort of the absurdity of this episode. Yes. Larry is so vanilla about sex, and so is Cheryl, that the idea of having sex in the afternoon is kinky. 
Right. Let, let alone enjoying the posterior. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are into asses. Like it's, you know, it's like, I don't think, I don't think of that as like as a fetish. Like I think that's like a fetish needs to be like only like a certain percentage of the, like has to be like a small percentage of the population. Well, like, for is example, into it. what, what uh, Jeff makes Susie do. <laughs> yeah, which I, 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 I want to find that out at some point. I want to know also, why does Larry not want to know? I feel like Larry would want that information. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll get to that. That, yeah. that, that. that very much reminded me of a, of a Seinfeld thing as well. Um, anyway, so in walks Wanda, and yeah. she's, you know, she suggests Larry's walking up the stairs. She suggests to Larry maybe she should turn around so that she could he could recognize her better. Yeah. Um, Larry, I wouldn't say quite apologizes, but just more like clarifies, like, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Um, Cheryl's yeah, now yeah. still, like, you know, busting Larry's balls, in my opinion. Says, yeah. you know, I didn't know that he was obsessed with asses until today. And basically both Cheryl and Wanda agree that Larry is now an ass man officially. Yeah. Now, Larry and Wanda, both stand-up comedians, probably similar circles. I would understand why they're friends, but they're not friends in this show. Wanda is friends with Cheryl. Yeah. And then Larry is sort of friendly with Wanda through Cheryl. And that's a little confusing to me. Like, when we last met Cheryl's friends, they were a bunch of Midwestern uh, Gentile types, uh, a goyim in the vernacular. <laughs> now, she's suddenly friends with Wanda Sykes. Like, how did that happen? And like, and it sort of makes me curious, what is Cheryl's backstory on the show? Right? The real-life Lori David was like a, a Jew from Long Island. Cheryl, obviously not that. Um, was Cheryl somehow, because she never really has a job in the show. She's just an environmental activist. But did she have a job in, in Hollywood, in, in comedy? Like, would she have known Wanda independent of Larry, I guess I'm wondering. Um, yeah, not that I can think of. You know, maybe we should, uh, we should maybe we'll do like a, a deep dive on like Cheryl's like wiki page and figure out as much as we can to see if we could kind of like pencil, yeah. pencil in more, uh, more of her backstory. Because yeah, I, I think it's le- definitely left a little opaque and probably a, that's like intentional. That way, like they could just do whatever they want. Because well, you pointed out that in season one they weren't even sure if Cheryl was going to be Jewish. Or yeah, Gentile. yeah, and as we've pointed out all the time with this show, like this is not a show that like pays careful attention to things like this like they'll they'll just as easily have her come back and be jewish in season you know next season and just be like whatever who cares like if larry were on a podcast being asked this question he'd say what are you people bunch of idiots he'd be annoyed by the question (laughs) he's like it's a show like what are you talking about she doesn't have a backstory the season 10 premiere and there was a q a a number of the people in the audience try to ask questions like that, and he was so dismissive of them. Yeah, he, yeah, he he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, doesn't and honestly, no time at it. the time that this show started, like basically, no shows were like that. Like, I mean, yeah. of course, like shows want to have like a general consistency of like tethered tethered to reality, uh, but like no nothing was like today where like you know you go on a, a wiki page and they have like how everyone's yeah, connected and it's all thought out. Like the, the shows were just like, all right, we're making an episode for next week, and like, all right, remember that she has a daughter, maybe. Yeah. Well, Sammy's gender switches, right? Yeah, exactly, right. So, yeah, yeah, this show is oblivious to stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Unless they were just ahead of their time, because uh, later we learn that um, it's Funkhauser's uh, son becomes a daughter, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe Sammy, uh, you know, just transitioned at a very, very young age. That could be. Yeah, the age of, like, one. Yeah, it just didn't come up. Yeah. (laughs) The kind of thing you never mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Larry David would be very sad. <laughs> right, he would just be like, yep, no, totally normal. Like, just go with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so now Larry is uh, is over at Jeff's house, and Susie greets Larry as Jeff's messenger boy. He she starts <laughs> becoming very insulting about Jeff. Yeah. Uh, he's too scared to do his dirty work. He asks if Larry resents him for that. Larry says, nah, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Susie says, you know, she knows all about the bimbos, that he lures with parts so that he could get blowjobs, yeah. uh, which, you know, now thinking back to uh, the, the person who Jeff was told, said that he looks like in yeah, this recent season. Yeah, very awkward in 2020. Yeah. To trade sexual favors for roles and Yeah, films. it's like you, maybe life. Jeff doesn't just look like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Yeah, um, Susie's accusations are uh, quite serious. I yeah, think. but the, the, well, it's right. So that's this is like a very disjointed series of accusations. It's like it's like <laughs> I know all about the bimbos. I know all about the blowjobs, and I worst of all, I know about his porn stash. Yes, he has pornography. <laughs> it's like wait, what? It's like no, I think you you got him. Uh, you, I think you buried the lead there, Susie. But by the way. 20 years ago, I think, like, for example, if you would have asked my mother in the year 2000 to rank those things in activity, she probably would have ranked them in the same order. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yeah, I guess we're just – maybe I don't remember the sensibilities of those days. But it's like, no, you, I, I think you got him on the – you know, the. Yeah. this is like – I think having the porn is a, a lesser included offense, as they say. Yeah. But Jeff is so worried about the porn that he has to have – <laughs> Right. That's true. Yeah. They are very concerned about porn in the shows. Yes. Um, but that could just – maybe that's just like a uh, – like a fundamental, like innate thing, for like when, like when you're like a kid, like porn is like has to be so secretive that just like you never take away that tabooness with, uh, yeah. with like physical For-for pornography. Internet, I think just yeah, porn was, was it's less like accessible. physical yeah. for- pornography feels like dirtier in a way. It's like yeah, well, physically it probably was dirtier also. <laughs> yes, true. I mean, I-, I lived in an all boys dormitory in high school, and uh, <laughs> magazines went from room to room, and probably are not very hygienic. <laughs> <laughs> very very uh, pre-COVID. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You, should wear, you should wear a mask and gloves for that. <laughs> you absolutely should, yes. Uh, All right. Uh, too much has been said already. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she uh, she wants Larry to get the por- to take this porn stash out of here, and she uh, she hands over a couple of titles to him, including <laughs> one titled <laughs> "Freak That Booty," another one called "Big Ass Mama." <laughs> Um, and Larry kind of like peers over at the cover to which Larry's like uh, uh, Susie's like oh you're also into that and she's and Larry says no I just recognized no, no, she, her Susie says Larry I thought you were a oh right I man. thought you were a family well, man he's not a family man he has no kids yeah he has no kids yeah that was very weird I thought you were a, yeah, yeah. also you thought Larry David was like you know a yes. good uh, <laughs> wholesome is, yeah. wholesome guy um, but yeah and it's like no and like the opposite of that is like a guy who's like into porn yes <laughs> You can either be a father or you can uh, be into pornography. Yeah, so uh, Larry says, "No, no, I just I, re- I thought he thought he recognized the woman from the <laughs> pornographic <laughs> video, but <laughs> uh, that's why he was looking at it, looking at it closely." But which wouldn't be impossible because Larry has recognized yeah. a performer on that's one of right. Jeff's uh, tapes uh, already. Yeah, it could just be another one from Porto Gill's orbit. Yeah. <laughs> But that could have been his save. He he could have said, "Oh no, Susie, don't you remember I went to a meal with Porno Gill?" <laughs> yeah, well, Larry's yeah, very embedded into the uh, yeah, the porn the industry yes, now. He really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, in the valley. Maybe he does have fetishes. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a pervert. Tabasco sauce. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but have any listeners tried that out? Let us know. <laughs> oh yeah, if you're a listener and you've tried the Tabasco sauce trick. Please yeah. do let us know. Cause... If you have any theories about what Susie tries to tell Larry, Jeff forces her to do, let us know that as well. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Larry. Uh, so Larry again's getting very defensive. He doesn't want again. Like he's he's being accused of having an ass fetish. And then Susie starts, you know, going on. He says, you know, Larry, do you want to know what Jeff does to me? How he violates me and files me? And he's about to give the details when the doorbell rings. I think the implication is "bia shalo kadarka," as they say in in the Talmud. I think it's anal sex is the implication. Yeah, I guess. Um, I, that's what, yeah, that's what I assumed it was because obviously they're yeah. really playing up the uh, the tushes in this episode. Yeah, but she's also like very like 
she's implying that it's like not with her consent or she's not interested in it. Like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Like, yeah, know. well, you know, the, maybe those uh, those were older times, and like, if your husband says he wants you to, <laughs> she wants to do the anal. <laughs> You have to do the anal. I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> do you remember uh, there was a family joke, a family guy joke, where like, obviously I don't remember the context of what was going on in the episode, because <laughs> that, that would be impossible. Um, but like, Lois wants Peter to do something, and he's like, he's like fine, but the, the agreement is when I get home, when we get home, I get anal. And Lois is like, fine. And he's like, yeah. that's like, that's right. As clean as I say the bathrooms and the yeah. kitchens should get, that's how clean they'll get. Yes. And you're like, oh, yeah. that's a weird joke. <laughs> anyway. As opposed to the other jokes. Then. Yeah. Um, so, as long as we're dropping nonsense. Yeah, so this, was, this reminded me of in Seinfeld when um, oh. Oh. Uh, Jerry wants to share a very uh, graphic sexual detail with George, and then it goes quiet. He squeezes the ketchup bottle. Yes. <laughs> Um, anyway, so who's at the doorbell? It's Jeff's parents. They come. They want to know what's going on. They, obviously, they must have heard that Jeff left the house. Yeah. They uh, they suspect but, but how that. How did they hear? Because Jeff wouldn't call his parents to tell them, and Susie wouldn't call her in laws to say. Uh, I'm, it just is. It's not clear. I could heard. no. I could first. Uh, I, it's possible Jeff told them just because, like, who knows? Maybe Jeff, ha- Jeff has that kind of relationship. He just wants to let but them know. But he knows his, they're just going to be spilled because, like, he doesn't yeah. want. I don't know. So he I so like yeah. So I think the more right? likely scenario is I could see Susie. Because impl- we learned that Susie's point of view is that he th- she kicked him out because of yeah. all the cheating, as opposed to he left. Well, and I could so, see because she's on. a crazy person, and she could just like. And yeah. her reaction is, I now want to have my the the parents of my husband who I hate come into my house. Well, they she probably I could see her calling them to tell them, you want to know what a disgusting boy you have that you that and he then does these things. Coming over, and she'd say, no, fuck you. Well, that could be, but I, I could yeah. I could see her making that first call just to like rub it I in their mean, faces, like yeah. you know you. You want to know what your son makes me do? Yeah. The way he <laughs> I don't know about that. Larry's mo- uh, Jeff's mother would not approve. <laughs> yeah, no, that she. I think they would both think that that was rotten. Yeah. Um. So they they come and, in. And then Larry somehow was. Yeah, well, they, right. The, the first sight of Larry, they assume <laughs> obviously this guy is involved somehow. They yeah. assume he's done something rotten that has brought about these events. Yeah. Um, Larry just explains, "No, I'm just here to take Jeff's clothes to the hotel. They want to go with him." Yeah. Um, they so they Cheryl Susie says, "You know, how about you'll take just Jeff's mom and Jeff's dad will stay at home," which is weird that being given that uh, Jeff's mom has previously accused Larry of sexually assaulting her. Yes. So you would think you would not want to create that scenario again. Yes. Um, anyway, so they're uh, they're driving to the hotel. Jeff's mom is angry that Larry just threw the clothes into the back of his trunk with his old tire. Larry says, "Yeah, I must have something wrong with me." And I should have done that as the uh, the opening quote. That would have been a good one. Um, yeah. uh, Larry says, "You know, I don't really have a closet at home, so I'm just kind of used to throwing clothes this wherever." Is the coarsest thing wrong with you. The question is, yeah. <laughs> Um, this is the third Hall of Fame conversation in this episode. Yeah, this is a, yeah very good. Yeah. Um, what a disgusting man he is. <laughs> <laughs> the mom, uh, Jeff's mom, sees a sign that says, loose fat as fast as you can, and she wants to quickly write down the number. Her demeanor changes. By the way, she goes from like angry and complaining about Larry to instantly like smiling and happy. Very odd. Yeah. Um, she wants to write down the number. Larry tells her that she has uh, he has a pet in the back seat, so she... Which, uh, is, which is where a, a man who drives his car, usually without anyone else in it, keeps his pet. <laughs> yes, place. right. Not in the glove yeah. compartment or the... Uh, Yes. The thing in between the seats. I don't know what that thing yeah. is called. 
Um, yeah, you keep, no, you keep it on the back, on the floor in the back. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. You, you know, yeah. he's not an organized person. Yes. <laughs> so she leans over, and we see a shot of Larry kind of like driving, and like her very large tush is uh, up in the air near his head. Yeah. Now this has bothered me for fifteen years, or however long since I first saw this episode. Explain the physics of Jeff's mother's physical position in the car, such that her ass could be positioned like that. Yeah, it doesn't. It's it's not. Uh, it's not possible. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, right, I, like, I wouldn't try uh, that at home. I mean, her. It, it's it makes no sense. I would even suggest that that is not the tush of that woman. Oh, that's almost certainly the case. Yeah. Right. So that even more like it's a, it's a they had her leaning over, and then it was probably like another person yes. coming in from another direction, and they're yes, just like whatever. And a bit Let's go with it. This is a uh, a low budget single crabber show at HBO. Yes, it'll be fine. <laughs> So they uh, they exit the car. They're walking towards into the hotel. The mom laments that you know in my day nobody got divorced. Now it's just like one little problem, such as uh, offering to give women in Hollywood parts in exchange for blowjobs. And goodbye, the marriage is over. Yeah, what's wrong with Susie? <laughs> um, so as Larry's walking in, he peers over and sees a car, and of course, it's none other than the car. With the license plate owned by the aforementioned Thor. Oh, we've already established on the show there's only one hotel in LA. Right, this is right. This is the this is the hotel that Larry couldn't get a uh, a room in the other night. So uh, Larry walks in to go see Jeff. He drops off his stuff and he sees Thor in the lobby with his children. Um, Larry then mentions to Jeff, you know, you know, earlier when you said, you know, you owe me one, I'd like to cash in that favor. And he tells Jeff that he has to right away, right now, go out of the parking lot, and there's a station wagon out there with the license plate fourteen Thor. And Jeff should go quickly take out all the tire, all the air from the tires of that car. Yeah. Larry then goes over to the children and says, hey, I just want to let you know wrestling is fake. All the matches are fixed. Your dad is really more of an actor than a wrestler. And tell him the ball turd says hello. Yeah, they're crushed. Now, these kids look to be about 12 years old. I actually looked it up online. The actors were 11, 13, and 14. Uh, I don't know which is the one that fell out of the window and died and isn't in the scene. But um, So they're between 11 and 14. Seems to me that's a little old for these kids to not know wrestling is fake. Uh, yeah, especially if your father is a wrestler. Yeah, and you think, the like, first the, time the that you, you see him getting... worried about him getting hurt or something. Yeah, they're going to say, don't worry, it's pretend that he's yeah, not exactly. really getting punched. Like yeah. That seems like the most basic thing. You would, uh, yeah. Unless, I guess, you're like a toxic male wrestler and the last thing you would want in the world you would want your strong masculine children to know is that daddy's not really getting punched in the face like a man it's all pretend yeah. so but he must be a face maybe he's just a guy who's never actually been hurt in the ring like he's always the winner yeah that could be it's like yeah like i take some punches but like daddy you see what happens to the other guy daddy you know cleans up yeah um but you think it would still come up like you know so the first like asshole kid who like they yes. are mean to is gonna be like your dad's not a wrestler it's all it's fake like yeah, are you an idiot sure. if your dad was like a professional Santa and, and everyone knew like a high-profile <laughs> professional Santa. There's no way that by the time you're 12 years old, you think Santa Yeah, is. so yeah, I think, you know, especially if your father is a professional wrestler, like, you know it's by fake. Way, apologies uh, now in case you're listening to this podcast and thought Santa was real. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Did you always, when you were growing up, obviously we're, uh, we're both of uh, Jewish descent. Um, yes. I always felt like I had, like, a leg up on the Gentiles that I knew before them that Santa yeah. was fake. Well, I told my Gentile next-door neighbor, Richie, uh, that Santa was fake when he was, I don't know, seven or eight, and I was nine or t- I was a couple years older than him. Um, and he didn't know yet, and I was very proud to tell him, but uh, it turns out I shouldn't have done that. 
yeah, who knows? You know, it's you know. Although I don't remember any negative repercussions. But I well, do the, the thing is, it's like it's like telling a kid that Santa's fake is not like telling a religious child that like they're yeah. like God is fake because yeah, even supposed to believe it's right, even true. according to the yeah. internal logic, really, yeah, Santa is fake. Like no one thinks yeah, Santa is real. It's like just a thing to try, you know, make it magical for children. It's not like you're not challenging a theological belief. Yeah. So we have kids about the same age, and. um you know, my oldest son did not buy the tooth fairy for one second. Like he immediately called me out on it and said, like at the first moment, "Oh, this is fake. You're the one giving the money." Yeah, same. We similarly, um, we did at the seder. We were, we were, you know, oh, and then you know, we we poured the fifth cup for yeah. Eliyahu, and my oldest daughter was like, "Listen, I know that you just like pour out the cup later. It's not. It's this, he doesn't really drink from the cup." Yeah, and we, you know, we're like, you know what? Fine. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Uh, yes. Why? Why? Why would I perpetuate a lie yeah. that a, the prophet Elijah travels yeah. to all the houses and drinks a little bit of grape During juice? Coronavirus. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to tell you that. Yes, your correct deduction of the truth is correct. Yeah. But but I and my wife sort of thinks I'm wrong to do this. I sort of insist on the tooth fairy being real still. And if my son will not write a letter to the tooth fairy, uh, the tooth fairy will not leave any money under his pillow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Team Doctor Jen on this one. Yeah. I don't know why. I just I want to see him put in a little bit of effort. You want him to, you know, it's like you want, you know, he should have to, you know, suffer just like you did. It's like a, yeah. it's like the big law mentality. Well, though I did the move where I did the fake sleeping, and then my dad came and put the money under. Probably not my first tooth, one of my teeth. And then I, as soon as he put the money, I immediately said, "I knew it was you." I turned around, and he immediately claimed, "No, I was just checking to see if the tooth fairy had come yet." <laughs> um, yeah, so I was an obnoxious little kid, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. None of my children have lost uh, teeth yet, so we're we we haven't uh, we haven't set a tooth fairy oh, okay. policy in my home yet. Yeah. yeah. Good luck uh, on that one. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then we then see Jeff uh, go outside to uh, start letting out the tires, and we slowly see uh, oh, like, it, on both knees in his uh, fancy suit. I'm a bit surprised. Yeah. I, feel like that's um, I guess you know sometimes sometimes it is like it depends on, like where how you like last rotated the tire. Like it can be like in a very difficult very spot to get in. It's happened to me before. Where I'm like, well, oh. letting air out of a tire is not easy because it's not you. You take the little cap off, the air's not coming out. Yeah, it like, takes. And this is like basically Kramer's plan with like putting the taking the the packages out of the clothes yes. in the yeah. in the uh, what was it. Uh, Cinco de, Cinco, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah. Wait, we'll get them in the long run. Yes. Yeah, it takes a long time for the, terror, the air to go. Although, if yes. you're in a hotel overnight, by the morning, it could you could be in trouble. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway, we see uh, we see shadows approaching, and then we see two very large uh, legs standing over Jeff, and it's uh, it's right at this moment that Jeff probably wishes he was back at home getting yelled at by Susie. Yeah, now, the, my biggest issue with the episode is why do we never see what Je- Thor did to Jeff or, like, what Larry's reaction to that is? Because remember, Larry right now is waiting in the hotel for Jeff to come back inside having finished the job. He's waiting in the lobby. And instead, we cut to Larry sitting calmly on the couch back home. Yeah, I mean, I think just I, I think we're supposed to assume that Jeff just gets his ass kicked, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's the only thing like that happens some, here. Like, he'd come back. There's got to be some come up. It's like Larry wouldn't, like, the next time you'd see Larry, wouldn't be sitting calmly at home, like, while his wife opens the mail. He'd be like, oh, yeah, did I tell you that my manager got the shit being out of him by a famous wrestler? It's my fault. I mean... <laughs> it might come up. What? So in your mind, what is the it, it, what is the person? Come up ever again. What is the percentage here that he doesn't get his ass kicked? That he just like somehow walks away with just getting like yelled at? If you're a professional wrestler, I don't think in broad daylight in public in L.A. in the only hotel in L.A. you really want to start beating up a random person and getting arrested. 
Right, so that it's possible he just like yelled some, at him. There's some consequence that's not pleasant. But, yeah, but then maybe the show didn't want to get into this whole conversation, so they said, "Ah, oh, whatever." Just or Jeff and Larry didn't want to get into this whole conversation of explaining to their wives why they were like getting into altercations with professional wrestlers, and since Jeff didn't end up in the hospital, they didn't have to. Or that yeah. they just you know didn't you know this is probably not the type of you know anecdote we want to share with our wives that goes on in our lives. Yeah. So you know, just if it does, if there's no impetus to bring it up, you don't bring it up. Yeah. Anywho, we are uh, we're back at home, and Cheryl comes into the house. Larry's already been there. He says uh, he and Jason still have not been able to set a location for their next meeting. <laughs> they can't seem to agree on a locus, a locus equidistant of points. I suggested a restaurant. He thought it was too close to me. Yeah. Then he suggested one, and I thought it was too <laughs> close to him. And we just can't get it together. Now, so now this this little kind of epilogue to that argument, I think now you have to kind of like look at it as like they're both assholes, because yeah. I really think in the original in the original one, I think Larry was like, I guess like he should have just given in because like whatever, if this guy is just gonna be totally ridiculous about this, I should just like move yeah. on. But like I think he was in the right, whereas here now it's like okay, now you're just being an asshole. That like yeah, they're both pedants, and yeah, exactly. It's there's no winners here. Yeah. So um, Cheryl then sees a, a piece of mail on the table. She uh, opens the envelope, and it is a camera light photo of Larry driving with a giant ass right next to his head. Yeah. And we get the classic ending. And we get the curb. The best curb ending. Yeah. It's a very yet. it's a very good ending. Um, it basically justifies the entire presence of Jeff's parents in the episode, which until that yes. moment made absolutely no sense. Um, frankly, the entire Jeff storyline is not really that important to hear to this. Uh, I guess it, you know. To the extent it puts Larry at that hotel, you know, I'll give it that. But, like, there's really no reason for his parents to be in the episode at all other than for the payoff of this last second joke. But also, they're always delightful, the interactions between them and Larry. Yeah. Um, you know, again, the ending is a classic. But if you think about it, like, what was Larry's traffic violation, right? He, he, he didn't go through a red light. In fact, he had been stopped there for quite a while, right? Because we know she saw the sign. She said she wanted to write it down. She went to look for the pen. This whole time, Larry's not driving. He's at a stop. So I'm not sure what his violation was. Maybe he was blocking the box. Maybe he, I'm not yeah, sure. or maybe he went too early, or maybe it was yeah. a malfunction, and he was just unlucky that you know maybe he'll successfully fight the ticket, but he won't be able to you know convince his wife that he doesn't have an ass fetish. Although his wife might be more, you know, he's going to explain. Well, this is just mother. She's going to get a pen. Yes, because like in other words, he's she's either going to be much much madder because it's not just you have an ass fetish, but you have another woman in the in the car, in that. Ass first position, like <laughs> you know. Uh, like, again, I don't remember if I don't think this ever comes up again in the next episode either. So Larry suffers no consequences with his wife for having an ass in the car with him. Jeff su- suffers no consequences for you know letting out the air of a uh, professional wrestler's tire. So well, also, well, that ends well. Also, like I think often the like the you know the last moment like Larry loses. Note yes. is often just like he's gonna have like an annoying conversation with Cheryl. Like yes. that's like sufficient yeah. to be like, okay, like this is gonna be annoying. Like it doesn't always have to be like his life is in yeah. shambles now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Ob. So I think that we were both very, very high in this episode. Tell me, what's your ranking? Um I'm going to give it a 4.5. I was thinking of giving it a 5. I was thinking of giving it the full pretty, 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 pretty good. Uh, but I'm going to go a little bit lower only just because we haven't given it a 5 yet. And I don't know yet what's still to come. So like, I feel like this is the type of thing where like 
six weeks from now, I might be like, oh yeah, Thor was definitely a five. Like that was that's one of the best episodes of Curb. Um, I just like didn't want to go. I don't think we've even done a four and a half yet. So I wanted to just go to four and a half instead of five. No, I'm I'm completely with you uh, for the exact same reason. You know, I pointed out a couple very minor nits um, in the episode, but I don't really care about any of those things. It's a phenomenal episode. It's really really good. I don't know if it's. Yeah, I don't know, you know if this is one of the best episodes of Curbs. Also, there's like, so many other good episodes coming this season, like yeah. uh, the Shrimp Incident, the Doll, Trick or Treat, the Baptism. There's just there's so many good. This this season two is great. I mean, this show is great, obviously. Um, you can't just start throwing around fives willy nilly, right? So yeah, so. but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna show. I think we're gonna agree on a four point five, and like we're gonna we're gonna revisit this maybe in ten episodes. And okay, see, and think sure. like you know of course or or we won't but like whatever um, yeah, we probably won't <laughs> I, we probably won't but like th- I think this is like clearly the best episode we've seen so far and it's yeah. possible that it is like one of the best episodes of the show but like because it's like so far and away better than what we've seen so far I, I my my uh, yeah. my thought is that like maybe we're just about to go like on an amazing run and like the next yeah. twenty episodes is going to have fifteen great episodes which I think we are. Uh, yeah, and I know, yeah, season two is really great. Season three and four, I think, are my two favorite seasons. Yeah. Um, and then it's it rema- the, the show remains very strong for several seasons after that. Yes. So we have a lot of good ahead of us. So let's, yes. you know, let's do four and a half for now. Yes. Okay. Uh, tougher question, though. Who is your come with guy? I think I'm going to go Jason again, back-to-back episodes. Uh, you know, if you'd say that, you know, he had a conversation with Larry that is arguably the best exchange on the entire show, I think that's the come with guy. Yeah, I really don't know. I really don't know where to go with this one. I, I, I thought about it. There were so many good episodes, so many good, so many good characters. Just because I want to acknowledge him, and I don't know when it's going to happen, so I'm going to sneak it in here. I'm going to give it to Jeff's dad. Jeff's dad, we only see him for like 30 seconds, but both scenes he's in, or both lines he gives are just like hilarious, attacking Larry for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> blames, he blames Larry for everything. Right? He must have done something rotten. Yeah. And um, I really enjoy the, the character of Jeff's dad. We get him in very, very small pieces. And so I'm just, I'm going to give him an acknowledgement here. All right, excellent. Yeah. Um, I know that's going to make Olin Allen very happy because he's a, you know, he's, he's not only the number one fan of this podcast, he is the number one fan of Mr. Garland, Jeff's dad. Yeah. <laughs> he brings him up Mr. a lot. Mr. Green. Mr. Green. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Alistair Garland. Yes, correct. All right. Uh, who's the worst person in this episode? I think the worst person is Thor. You know, as I said earlier, it's like one thing to be upset about what Larry did. It's quite another to get out of the car. It's yet another to, to berate him the way he did. But then to slash his tires. And then, you know, we assume beat the shit out of Jeff. Yeah. So. Although Jeff was asking for it. I mean. Arguably. Yeah, no, Jeff is doing something not good. And we don't really sure. know what Thor's reaction is there. I, I'm, I'm in the same family. I say the worst person is Thor's kids. Right. Okay. They ran right. out for playfully engaging with them in their backseat hijinks. Like he was engaging with them. Like they were having fun with him. They're, you right. Know, unless right, so you're not, said, maybe the dad might have noticed it. Yeah. Um, so right, we don't know. But to me, it seems like they're playing with a random stranger. And like, hey, let's sick dad on them just on him just because it's fun to see dad beat the crap out of strangers. Um. And then because they're really dumb and they think wrestling's real when they're twelve years old, so uh, they're they're the worst. Per- but uh, Jeff's dad, he's always awful. But I can't give him both awards, so he's uh, he's my come with guy. So he's not the worst person. 
Yeah, so um, two thoughts on uh, on Thor, actually. So number one is my initial thought is like tying in because, you know, we, we talk about like the celebrities and actors yeah. on the show. Oh, I looked this guy up also. Uh, yeah, I looked him up. So so th- th- my first thought is that for sure if this had happened for sure now and even like in the middle of the season, this would be like a real recognizable wrestler who would, would play this role. Yes, for sure. Instead of some guy named Deeran McBee. I, I, yeah, I, don't, I couldn't really tell if he's really – I think he is has been in wrestling at some point, but like he not – like American Gladiator stuff like yes, that. Yes, he was American Gladiator. That's what it was. The, the narrative is that Larry doesn't know who this person is. If it's a celebrity who Larry instantly recognizes, well, I guess they just they changed the writing around a little bit. But yeah, it would probably be a, a famous wrestler. Yeah, and then um, so Deeran McBee, I, I tried looking him up because I my thought was like this is like the type of guy that like I feel like is like small enough that like we could easily get him to come on. It would be really fun to talk to this guy about Thor. <laughs> uh, so I looked him up on Twitter. He uh, he follows uh, he follows one person and he has zero followers. Is that so, his actual Twitter account? It's a. I mean, it's it's his name with a picture of him. So I guess right, so it could he's not be a huge guy on uh, on social media. Who's he yeah. following? Donald Trump. I don't remember. Oh, I should, we should look that up. All right, I'll look that up in the meantime. Um, um, yeah, but we do have a, a celebrity making her first appearance on the show, who will become a uh, recurring character, especially in the next couple seasons, and that's Wanda Sykes. So very exciting to uh, welcome Wanda Sykes playing Wanda Sykes. Yeah, she's uh, she's going to be great. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with Wanda going yeah. forward. Um, okay, so I got to his page. Oh, okay, so I was a little bit off. He's following two people. <laughs> you were off by 100%. Rich Ackerman, husband and father of four, attorney since 1994, just seems like a regular dude. Yeah. And Bo Smith, the result of great ideas. I don't know. Um, yeah, he hasn't tweeted. Yeah. Um, he's He did not have DMs open, so <laughs> that's as far as I went in trying to get Thor on the show. But, you know... If uh, if listeners want to uh, you know chip in for somebody, we could get real. Uh, maybe we get uh, Susie on the show. I think that's a possibility. She's on. Ca- I saw she's on Cameo, but I don't. A Cameo, you just I don't know how much of Cameo you have to pay to get them to come on your podcast. <laughs> maybe yeah. if you do like twenty sessions of Cameo, they'll do it. Here's the thing: if you're like you know over the age of fifty and don't have kids living in your house, quarantine is so insanely boring. You have nothing to do all day. Like my parents have nothing to do all day. So Susie's probably sitting at home very bored. So she's probably looking for podcasts to come on. All right. I'll look into it. Yeah. Um, she probably, yeah, I don't know if she's on Twitter. Uh, we'll find someone. We're going to get someone fun soon. I've, uh, I've, been sco- I've been scoping out some possible guests in, in uh, season two episodes. But oh, okay. TBD. TBD. I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't spoken to any of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking about it, though. You're, yeah, you're I'm thinking about it. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm writing down Interested names. Interested does not mean ticket, as we will learn in the <laughs> Yes. Uh, all right, where so, are we? So, what do we have uh, next week? Next week, oh well, first we have uh, we have some very brief mailbag. Oh yes, I, I always forget about the readers. I yeah, know. that's okay. They're, They're not listeners. readers. They're listeners. <laughs> Maybe some of them are readers. That would be crazy if somebody paid to have the podcast transcribed and then they read the transcription of the podcast. Yeah, that, that person would be amazing. But <laughs> all right. <laughs> We have two emails. First email is from Zach Brooks, who wanted to share his Curb origin story. He said he watched, he started watching Curb because his college roommate got the first two seasons on DVD. He didn't quite get the humor until later on because Larry mostly just frustrated him. He vividly remembers the DVD case for season one was this weird, overly complicated double sliding contraption. He can't remember when he finally appreciated the show, but it was definitely no later than Leon joining the cast. Probably before that, but I'll figure it out for sure when we get there. His question was whether either of us fine Jewish gentlemen know how to change a tire. 
Uh, we got into a little bit of that before, so refer back to earlier in the episode. Um, he says he's pretty handy, but he wouldn't trust himself to do it. Oh, wow. Same exact as me. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I think I could do it, but I, don't, I just don't want to. Like, I'm not going to want to drive in a car where I have changed one of the tires. Oh, um, well, so when you change the tire, the, the temporary ch- tire in the back, you're not supposed to go more than like 45 miles an hour in it. It's oh, a smaller, okay. it's a temporary. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, I do that. Right, yeah. yeah. I know well, you're supposed I to drive now, slow. Is it you're not supposed to go more than 45 miles an hour or you're not supposed to go more than 45 miles? Or it might be both. <laughs> I think I think it's definitely the speed. Like you're not supposed yeah. to go as fast. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, you're supposed to basically drive to the nearest, uh, you know, garage and get it changed. Yeah. Um, the reason I actually learned how is I, I had a car uh, the year that I lived in a foreign country that had lots of problems. So I, I had to learn how to uh, jump a car and change a tire because I had to do both uh, uh, frequently, unfortunately. Um, I, I think in America, I've only changed a tire once that I remember. Maybe twice. Um, I, the, the weirdest thing, though, is I was once doing it on the side of a highway in Pennsylvania, and a cop did come by, you know, saw me and, and you know, pulled over on the side of the highway, and he, he, he came out, he, you know, pulls up his car, comes out, and he just watches me the whole time, and was, like, chatting with me. And I was kind of wondering, like, why aren't you helping? Like, why aren't you offering to assist? Like, you're, you're here just to chat. Um, anyways, I always thought that was a little weird. Oh, so I'll just share. I do remember. It's, it's, it's not his job as a police officer to help me, but if you're going to pull over and help, help you know no. yeah i was once driving home from work on a friday afternoon um this is when i i, I already worked in long island but i still lived in riverdale where i worked lived previously and i was driving home on a friday afternoon and i, I just like i busted a my tire in a uh, pothole on one of the highway across bronx i think and i just like pulled over to a uh, a body shop and they were closed and now it was like already like past like it was like already Shabbat and this was like a long time ago when I cared more about these types of things and you know I just had to like call my wife and be like yeah sorry like I can't drive um, and I like I was like really screwed I didn't want to do it and then like somebody came to get gas and I asked him if he would be willing to change my tire and I, I offered to pay him like 20 bucks to do it um, but he didn't take my money which was really nice he just changed my tire for me well, that's very nice yeah I was just like hey do you know how to change a tire and he did it for me it was really great <laughs> Yeah, uh, but then I drove home. Um, anyway, last email from Olin Allen. He says, great episode this week. Thanks. But you haven't even listened to it yet, Olin. I don't know how you know it's great. But like that's just very, you know, Olin's just great that way. Um, he says. I thought he meant the Curb episode was great. Yeah, obviously that's what he meant. Oh, sorry. I guess I missed that. One. I was making a joke. Yeah. We're still, we're, you know, we're still figuring out our chemistry. I was here. reading a long rant by Jared Jerome on an unrelated topic on a, on a group chat. So. Oh. All right. Maybe, I was. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll check that out later. Maybe. How dare someone say that Babe Ruth is better than uh, that? Oh, Billy we're on, is better than Babe Ruth. Oh, we're on that. We're on, we're on that still. <laughs> um, anyway, he says the uh, the Jason Alexander meeting and the arguments about it were the highlight. The two play so wonderfully off each other. This week, though, there were other great moments. The Hall ass motif, and of course, Jeff's father always cracks me up anytime he says rotten. Jeff's mom is getting plenty of bodily attention with the boob rub and the ass photo this week. Also, finally, after two false memories of Wanda appearing in season one, Cheryl's friends and Panstead and one who mentioned sour grapes had great length. She finally appeared and was really great. Probably the lower end of celebrities playing themselves. Yeah, that's I was thinking that also that like when we obviously she's not really affecting the, uh, you know, the borders that we've made so far, but she's probably like on the lower end because like I don't think anybody really knows who Wanda Sykes is outside of this show. When in 2001, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, possibly. Yeah, yeah probably. I, I certainly did. I know, like, I know her from Curb. Like, that's what I know her from. Like, uh, that's her origin to me. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I knew of her first in Curb. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I've heard her stand up now, and I've seen her in other things. Right. But yeah. But that's definitely true. Yeah. So that, that's fair. So maybe, maybe I don't know if she's a, uh, you know, because you could say technically, well, you know, 
uh, Lee, uh, JB Smoove is is a famous actor, but but we but we only knew him from Curb, right? Or, or even you can say that about Jeff and and Cheryl yeah. and all those people. Yeah, so. I would say that about all those people for sure. Yeah. So so does Wanda count? That's interesting. Although Wanda's playing herself, none of those other people are playing themselves. So. Yeah. Right, so that's what we're saying. She's probably yeah. the least famous of people that play yeah. themselves. Although, yeah. as we pointed out, as a series regular, at least, like obviously, there's all those like random, you know, the, the waiter is really a real life waiter named Steve Thomas, like that they've yeah. done before randomly for <laughs> strange reasons. Yeah. Well, um, again, in 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 the '99 special, we had playing themselves, uh, you know, Rick all, Newman, we, Glenn Padnick, Alan Havy, Mike Reynolds, uh, yeah. Susie Sorrow. Yeah. Know. Yeah, so, and just yeah. like random, like oh, the random HBO executive was yeah, all, all, all just playing someone with their same name, yes, but a yeah. different person, just yeah, yeah exactly. very strange. Um, anyway, he says he says the t- actual title storyline of Thor was enjoyable, but probably the least funny of the three main plots. Um, yeah, I think that's probably true because it's it's also the most absurd because the whole thing should not have occurred. Uh, he says the come with guy of the week should be Wanda. Oh, that's a good call. I you know I I think I'll stick with Jason, but Wanda's not a bad call that we didn't think of. Um, I, I do like when she <laughs> when she uses the term assy. Yeah, um, and he says the bad guy should obviously be Thor. Sure, give it out, but he must realize how his kids must have played things up. Puncturing a tire is a real dick move, and yeah. Olin gives it four pretties out of five. Yeah, I do. I I am convinced by your argument, by the way, that it must have been the Thor saw it in the rearview mirror. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's still his behavior is still way over the top and not appropriate. But at least it's not like out of nowhere. Yeah. Um. So next week we're going to move on to episode three of season two, titled "Trick or Treat." Larry offends two uncostumed trick or treaters by not giving them candy. Oh my god, that's such a Larry David thing. I can't, I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah. Um. So they show him the trick side of Halloween. Yes. Uh. The episode, by the way, uh, played the first week in October. So. Curb wanted to get ahead of the Halloween rush, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you know that, that Halloween creep. Curb got all in on that Halloween creep. Uh, what's his name? Uh, TMQ. He used to be all over the Halloween creep, right? The Christmas creep. Yeah. You know, I love Thor, but I'm just, I'm remembering now that because the, the, the trick-or-treater is the daughter of his Jewish neighbor who gets offended when he whistles what Wagner. Oh, that's um, this episode. Excellent. Yeah. I think this is also the same episode with um, the Cobb, the Cobb salad claim. Okay. It's okay. an amazing episode. Yeah, okay. So season two is amazing. Yeah. The show's amazing. The show's amazing. amazing. Season, one, season one is a slow start is what we yes. learned. And I think it was a little bit frustrating at times. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, this show that you remember so fondly that we're like watching episode after episode, we're like, okay, that was good. But like, it's just like, did we? are we wrong that this is an all-time great show? And I think... Yeah. No, I think I, You know, honestly, I, the, the first few weeks of doing this podcast, it was a little bit of slog. I wasn't that into it. And I was like, well, you know, whatever. But now I'm, I'm actually really excited. It's about to be yeah, really good. Yeah, because this episode is great. This episode already yeah. coming up, I know, is a great episode. And I think it's going to... Hide your kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's going to be... Pretty, 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 pretty good. 